Well, that is the message right there. Praise God. You're going to see all those words being used today as we get into Scripture. But I want to start off, you know, as you probably have seen so many people have been running for cancer awareness. You've been seeing yellow and pink and, you know, about breast cancer and people uh, running marathons and raising up money. And I appreciate it so much. My own mom at 42 passed away because of breast cancer. and, And I just think it's an awesome thing what everyone's doing. My dad passed over with cancer and I've had two grandmothers. And so... It's a horrible thing, and, and it's, it is something when people come together to, to take notice of it, but there's something that doesn't get much attention, and the enough, which is our ministry to uh, healing and broken domestic violence. This month is the month to domestic violence, and that's why they made these ribbons for us to wear, and there's some things that, you know, is not a theme that you hear preached. You don't hear many people talk about it, but you're going to hear some studies today. You're going to see that hidden in this crowd is hundreds of people who have been through one type or the other of abuse. And until we can learn how to handle it and grow from it and how we can take the word to deal with it, it's what keeps us in a valley and never allows us to rise to the mountain. And some things I want to share with you today, domestic violence is the leading cause of injury to women between 15 and 44 in the United States. It's more than car accidents, muggings, and rapes combined. And listen to this. A few years ago, there were 1,500 shelters for battered women and 3,800 shelters for animals. It's gone from 3,800 to almost 6,000 shelters for animals, but it's gone down from 1,500 to below 1,300 shelters for battered women. Battered women and children have gone down, yet animals have gone up. Three to four million women in the United States are beaten in their homes each year by their husbands or ex-husbands or male lovers. One woman is beaten by her husband or partner every 15 seconds in the United States. One in every four women will experience domestic violence in their lifetime. Studies suggest that up to 10 million children witness any, some form of domestic violence every year. 10 million children. Every day in the U.S., more than three women are murdered by their husbands and boyfriends. Nearly one in five teenage girls have been in a relationship and said that the boyfriend violenced them, uh, 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 um, threatened them with violence or self-harm if they would break up. And around the world, at least one in every three women are beaten uh, and forced into things during their lifetime and usually by a member of the family. Domestic violence is a willful intimidation, physical assault, battery, sexual assault, and other abusive, uh, abusive behaviors uh, brought in by an intimate uh, friend or a lover. Domestic violence results in physical injury, physical, psychological trauma, and sometimes death. The consequences of domestic violence can cross generations and last a lifetime. Most cases of domestic violence are never reported to the police. Boys who witness domestic violence are twice as likely to abuse their own partners and children as they become adults. Almost one-third of female homicide victims that are reported in the police records were killed by an intimate partner. An intimate partner violence results in more than 18.5 million mental health care issues each year. Did you hear that? 18.5 million mental health care issues each year. It exceeds $5. billion in taxes each year attending these needs. 
There are 16,800 homicides, which spends $2.2 million on treating them medically for injuries that are brought in by violence partner, which ends up adding up to $37 billion. More than two-thirds of the restraining orders are broken by a stalker or a friend. It's brought in by physical violence and sexual acts, the power of control, which is, first of all, intimidation, making her afraid by using looks, actions, and gestures, smashing things and destroying her property and abusing pets and also displaying a weapon. Emotional abuse, putting her down, making her feel bad about herself, calling her names, making her think she's crazy, playing mind games, humiliating her, or making her feel guilty. Isolation. Controlling what she does or who she sees and talks to and what she reads and where she goes. Limiting her outside involvement using jealousy and justifying their actions. Denying and blaming. Making light of the abuse and not talking about their concerns seriously. Saving the abuse, saying the abuse didn't happen and shifting responsibility for the abusive de- behavior, saying he or she caused it. Using the children to make them feel guilty about what's happening and to relay messages and using visitation to harass her and threaten to take the children away. The economic abuse, preventing her from getting or keeping a job and, and, making, and uh, making her pay the bills and giving her only an allowance and taking her money and not letting her know actually how much the family income is. And of course, the male privilege, which means treating her like a servant and making all the big decisions and acting like you're the master of the castle and that the man makes all the decisions. And of course, the threats, making and carrying out the threats to do something to hurt her, threatening to leave her, to commit suicide or report her to welfare, making her drop charges or making her do some illegal things. These things come into our offices and our emails and our calls constantly. There are people here today that has lived and are living these same things. The thing about domestic violence and and the things that we're reading about today, it stays quiet. People don't come out. Think about cancer. You find cancer, you go to the doctor, you get treatment. Most people are so shamed and they feel so belittled and they're so humiliated. They don't want to come out with what they feel. And it's not just the women. We have men here who have confessed and spoken about that they are physically beaten and mistreated. Men and women. And God wants to do some healing because there's some areas of our life we're not going forward Because we live submitted to these areas. And Christ wants to set you free and heal your mind and heal your soul. There's a scripture I want to start off with today in Psalms chapter 84, 5 through 7. It said, blessed is the man, I want to say, or the woman or the child whose strength is in you. As we go and we see this, I want you to know, first of all, you are not destined to be a weak victim all of your life. To emotions and feelings that are trying to keep you down and keep you from believing that you're better than what other people have made you to believe that you're not. There is a strength for you available in God. And I love this next part. It says, whose heart is set on a journey. Your heart is set on a journey. You don't have to stay in the Valley of Baca. And we'll explain the Valley of Baca in a minute because it's a symbol and a sign. 
But you have not been born again to live all of your life stuck in a certain way, in a certain relationship. But he wants you to know that your heart has to take a journey to get out of that situation, that lifestyle that you've been in and many times continue to go into because of a mindset and because of an emotion and because of, of a belief system you've grabbed, a, you've grabbed a hold on. Jesus wants to set you free with his word. And this is a very real thing. And, and even in the first service, people came forward and started sharing some things. And, and we hear it constantly. He wants to heal you. He wants to free you. But I want to tell you that you are not stuck. And you do not have to stay in that type of relationship all of your life. I know, the, I know you're saying right now, the Bible says I can't divorce. I want to tell you something. The Bible says that until he breaks a contract or the covenant, you cannot divorce. If he does not treat you like Christ treats the church, you're free to go. Don't submit to an abusive relationship the way Christ would not treat you. You are not there to be someone's punching bag. And if you don't know who to run to, Brother Mason, stand up. I want you to meet my little buddy. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Marine, 25 years law enforcement. He's in charge of our enough, him and his wife, Nicole. He's just one of them. Yeah, we had a situation and I met with uh, the marshal who's in charge over Louisiana on the sex offenders and stalkers. And he's Brother Mason's side or bigger. And he's got a zeal to stop the stalking and the molesting. I've had the Pineville Police and Sheriff Department. All three offices came to my office last week. We met for two to three hours. They were sharing some things that we had to do. Because we desire for this church to be a safe place. And we've had to deal with over eight cases. And we will continue to deal with them and not sit by and just say, oh, well, they'll change. No, sometimes they need some reinforcements to change. But you need to take strength that your heart can go on a journey. That you're not stuck into the same life cycle over and over to where you have to submit to any form, any form of abuse at all. Whom Christ sets free is free indeed. You do not have to submit to any type of abuse that humiliates you, tears you down, and makes you feel like you're inadequate and that you're nothing. You're precious, you're valuable, you're intelligent, and you do have a personality no matter what you've been told. He wants you to go ahead and see that as they pass through, pass through the valley of Baca. You're on a journey. You're not going to stay there forever. It says they make it a spring. The rain also covers with pools. In other words, when you're going through this valley, when you're going through the, the, the recollections and, and the memory recall, and you're going through these times in your life, while you're going through this time, you don't stay there and die. But as you're going through it, you're going to have to dig some wells for God to better provide some living water to refresh you, to bless you, to encourage you and there's wells of peace that is able to come upon you in the midst and give you guidance through the Holy Spirit so that you can see a horizon you can see the horizon of the mountains that you're not stuck in the valley forever though I walk through I'm going to walk through the valley of death and the valley of Baca you are my shield and my fortress and there are pools there even in the midst of the enemy that God is able to make and to help encourage you give you wisdom and counsel but you're going to have to come forward you're not called, you're not born again to be stuck in that valley forever. But you're going to have to dig the pools. It says, verse 7, they go from strength to strength. 
Today you may say that I feel so weak. I don't feel like I could do anything. I don't have the strength to fight this again. I don't have the strength to even investigate what I should do. The word says they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. There's a strength for you to help you. And so many people say, well, you know what? I'm just, you know, other people don't understand the type of life they have. They've had a normal lifestyle. They had a normal dad. I don't know what it is to have a normal dad. They had a normal mother. They had normal siblings. They had a normal grandparents. They, I didn't have a normal life. I've had these men who call themselves my uncle. And I've had these stepdads and these grandfathers and, and different ones. And, and I was a little girl. And I was in the front seat of a truck. And, and he started trying to touch me in areas. And I, I was scared. I didn't know how to get away. And it just seems like I'm always in that same position. Where someone is always trying to touch me. Someone is always trying to uh, come into my, my private zone. Someone's always trying to violate my privacy. Someone is always trying to humiliate me. Someone is always trying to make me into a victim. I don't even know what a normal life would be like passing through the valley of Baca Proverbs 15 13 says it speaks of sorrow of heart and the spirit is broken that word broken there is to be smitten or wounded grief anguish misery heaviness tormented it's in this valley that so many born again believers say I'm defected I always get the attention from the wrong crowd. I'm always being pulled. I'm always being attacked. I'm always being treated like this. I'm, there's something wrong with me. I hear so many times from precious, innocent people. There's something wrong with me, Pastor. No, there isn't. Stop saying there's something wrong with you. You've been targeted as a victim, as a child. And the enemy has tried to reinforce that target to try to continually make you the object of being targeted in violence and, and pressure and physical and mental harm. And the Spirit of God is here today to break some of the words spoken over you. And I'm going to speak new words over you. I'm going to use words you're not supposed to use in church, but they've been spoken over you. Life and death is in the power of the tongue and they must be broken. You are my sisters in the Lord. You are my brothers in the Lord. And the church has to be a place where people can come and feel safe and get the truth of the word preached to them. That it's not just a matter of, oh, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day, we live in a new day. There's real life that happens. Listen to these accounts. Behind closed doors, he wept. As he told us, he was sexually abused when he was eight years old. Then he confessed to his abusing a younger boy when he was 16. His abuse of the younger boy lasted only a few seconds before his shame caused him to stop. His abusive behavior stopped, but his feeling of shame continued. Now he's 34. Like most cases of sexual abuse, he had never told anyone. And he buried his shame, and it was not, but it was not dead. It was alive in his memory and affected his life and the life of his family. In fact, it was one of the triggers for his use and abuse of alcohol. He drank to escape the discomfort and the feelings of shame and inadequacy. A young lady came into my office after her father had died. This happened so many times. The father, the husband, the mother, the wife dies. Then they come and they shared how the father had physically abused her when she was growing up. 
There was no sexual abuse. But there was a tremendous amount of physical abuse. Because she could not live up to her father's expectation. Ellen described the times when she would miss school. So her classmates would not see the bruises on her body. Some of you know about that. She felt anger toward her father. And she felt guilt and shame because of her anger. Susan's husband had soon left her recently. She felt so lonely and much like, felt like her father abandoned his family when she was nine years old. It just doesn't make sense. But Susan concluded that her parents' separation was her fault. She also felt that it was because of her inadequacy as a person that her husband left her. Now she was involved in an affair with her boss and she felt ashamed. Shame is a deeply felt emotion that prompts a person to feel that he or she is defective as a human being. While it usually includes guilt, it is more. Guilt is the feeling we get when we realize we've done something wrong, something violated our conscience. Shame is not just about our doing, it's about our being. It's not prompted by what we do, but rather what we are not. Lies and things the enemy has told us. There's a thing you study on, and we won't get into it, post-traumatic stress syndrome. It's what the soldiers go through that many times they wake their mates up during the night because they wake up sweating and they wake up hollering. And even though they're sleeping in their subconscious, they're back in the war zone. They're back in Iraq. They're back in Afghanistan. They're back in Vietnam. And their wife wakes up and then during the night with the bed shaking and the man's crying and pounding. The man's hollering. The man's sweating. And, and he's reliving everything. Even though he's asleep, his subconscious brings him right back and he, and he can smell all the smells of battle. He can see his friend's face. He can see what happened on the field. And it, what post-somatic stress does is it causes you to relieve the event in your mind and stay connected to the stress and, stress and the pain of it. As you know, my wife's brother was murdered a few years ago and and he, he was stabbed over 44 times and things happened. And it's now like when we watch TV, they'll show someone with a knife and it just wants to trigger something. And it's, she's getting better and better. She's come so far. But yeah, just to see the knife at someone's throat is enough to trigger. And there are people here that your kids were so innocently killed in our car wreck. And whenever you see a car wreck or you hear of a car wreck, all of a sudden it triggers your mind and you go back to the day where you saw your child or you received the news or the police walked up to your door to tell you that your child had been murdered or killed or in a car wreck or, or, or found dead or had committed suicide. And these triggers go on and on. And you see something on TV that reminds you. And you see a man getting ready to do something with a little girl and it reminds you that you felt that you could not get away, that you were attracted, that you were victimized. And all these things continue in your mind. And, and, and I know that this is a different type of a message and you can feel uncomfortable, but the truth of the matter is this is life. And Jesus came to minister to those who were down and out and hurting. And sometimes we have to speak about these things instead of ex expecting and living like they don't exist. And it's exactly what is killing you. It's the truth that sets us free. And there's areas that we have to see this because you do not want to be in your 60s and finally realize what you've been believing all this time is wrong. Today is the day where the Holy Spirit wants to heal your mind and help you start getting out of it. You don't have to live a lifetime as that victim when you were five years old. You can be free today. And I'll give you scriptures on that. He wants you to stop hurting yourself. And let me tell you about the Valley of Baca. It was a real place, but also symbolized it was a place where people would go outside of Jerusalem walls. And it's where they would throw trash and it was where they would put the dead animals. If you saw the movie The Passion, you remember Judas found a rope 
around the neck of a dead camel's neck and there was flies and everything around it and he took that rope off of a dead animal and he hung himself with it. When I read this about it, it was a place where they would put dead animals. I started wondering if that potter's field might have been before the valley of Baca where they used to bring the dead animals and just leave them. And the smell of rot and decay is all over the place. And many things that have killed other things is still trying to kill you. And what is supposed to be buried and dead is not buried. But when you see things, it triggers the smell and the, re- and, and the remembrances in the mind of the things that you went through. And, and you're living in that garbage. You're living in that trash. And the Lord wants to free you from that trash. He wants to burn it up. He wants to destroy its power he wants to bury that which is dead in your life so you can go forward and you can love again it's the garbage dump it's a place many times where we go and we sense that stitch of rottenness and god help me to burn that garbage in my life it's the remembering of the past and the things that hurt as i was studying this i started thinking memories are powerful and growing up i used to sing in the choir too and used to sing that hymn, Precious Memories. And I just started singing it, but then I thought, you know what? Precious memories, how they linger, how they ever flood my soul. I was like, we could sing that in reverse to show the power of memory. So I rewrote it. I said, painful memories sent from somewhere to my soul, how they linger ever near me, and the painful past unfold, how they ever flood my soul. It's amazing that in the second stanza it says childhood memories. And we, we, all of our life we can sing precious memories. And we all have our photo albums. We have our, uh, some of the ladies they do, uh, what, what, what's that book they call? Scrap. scrap. They do scrapbooks. And you know we have them out on the shelf for everybody to see and Oh, it's all full of smiles and good food. And oh, look, the baby was born. He was six pounds and eight ounces. And, 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 and uh, uh, you wish you would have been there. <laughs> and we see, you know, all the food. You see all the family gatherings. You go, oh, that was our little dog. And, you know, we had horses. And, and this is, we don't mind this being on the shelf for everybody to see. But when we live in Baca, this is the other scrapbook. That we don't want other people to see. And many times the problem is, is we don't live with these memories. We're not on the journey trying to get out of the garbage dump. We live in the garbage dump. And we go through these memories. I was only five years old. How could you do that? I was 12 years old. I tried my best. Why did you call me? Why did you call me a sissy daddy when I was trying to do my best? If we're not careful, it is so, so easy to live in Baca instead of living in Beulah. It's so easy. Well, you know, this, this is what I made of life. This is what God gave me. And so we live in Baca and we wonder, why don't I feel more like worshiping God? When I go to church, I don't feel like singing. Of course not. Look what you're living with. We're passing through the valley of Baca. Leaving the stench and the memory, the shame, the guilt... 
leaving the trash behind. What we like to do is just say, you know what? I just don't want to go there. But yet we live there. Don't be meddling. But yet it's what's meddling with you. And we, 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 we saw that slide about taking the trash, taking the ashes and turning into beauty. Where things we have to see here as it speaks about the uh, place of, of, of hurt and discouragement. I wrote here, it's time to leave the dump. It's time to leave Baca and go to body and bed, bath and beyond. No, no. What's that place, body? Bath and body. It's time to leave Baca and go to bath and body. How many agree, ladies? Huh? Do you agree? Amen. I thought it was pretty good. Come on. Baca also represents weeping and sorrow. It represents, you know what, this, this represents what this represents. Seasons in your life. These are good seasons, but these are the seasons that come back to haunt you. But this is the thing about what Bible, the Bible talks about seasons. Is that seasons like we're in fall right now. You may not see as much green as you do in April, but the truth of the matter is that the seed for the green is still there. You just don't see the green, but it's coming up. That's what's awesome about the beauty for ashes, is that you don't see the finished yet. You don't see where you're going yet, but you don't have to continue looking at this because this was just seed for the over, when you go over the other side and you get into where God's bringing you. You see, I believe Paul and Silas where they were beaten and left for dead and chained in the bottom of the dungeon. I believe they were able to go into worship and praise because they didn't look at Baca. They looked on the other side of the hill. I believe Joseph could endure 19 years of being lied and treated and imprisoned and chained and everything else. I believe he could endure the 19 years of all that he went through because he wasn't looking at Baca. He was looking at the promise on the hillside. I'm going through this valley. Say this with me. I'm going through this valley. I'm going through this valley. It says in Joshua 1.5, and I want you to see this, because you're going, to have to, you're going to have to take these scriptures, and you're going to have to dig wells in the valley that you're in, because you're going to come out, but you cannot make it on a canteen all the way. It takes time. You're going to have to build pools along the way. And I want you to see this scripture. This is how the Lord spoke to me. No one will be able to stand against you. This is Joshua. He says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. This is how the Lord spoke it to me. No memory of any man or woman will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. There is healing, there is victory, and there is power of the Holy Spirit to heal. That whatever that man, that woman did to you, it doesn't have to stand before you all the days of your life. Why? Because I will be with you as I was with Moses. I love this. Look, I will not fail you, and I will not abandon you. Your dad might abandon you, but I'm not that man. And that man doesn't have to be the reason you hate men for the rest of your life. That woman, I am not that woman. I will not abandon you. I will not mistreat you. I will not cheat on you. I will not belittle you. I will not abuse you. I will not take advantage of you. I will not belittle you and call you names. I am not your mother. I am not your, that woman. That woman cannot stand before you all the days of your life or you will end up treating me as you feel towards that woman. I will not take, I will not become the victim for who victimized you. 
I will not camp in Baca. Come on, this is good preaching. I will not camp in Baca for what happened to you. Sweetheart, we're getting out of this valley. We're going on the other side and we're going to experience the way God intended a man and a woman to fall in love and have a life. We're recognizing this is the month of domestic violence, but this is the month to get a vision. I'm leaving violence, I'm leaving Baca, and I'm going over the hillside, and I'm going to find the promises of God is abundant. The promised land is through this valley. And that's available for each and every one. Look what the Lord says here in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. How well God must like you. I want you to see that. There's, a, there, there's, another, there's another pool right there. There's another pool. There's another well. How much God must love you. Look at the cross and you'll know how much he loves you. How well God must love you. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. That's Baca. You don't slink along dead end road. You don't go to smart mouth college. Instead, you thrill. Come on now. You thrill to God's word. You start to get addicted to God's word, then the words of loser, ignorant, boring, no personality, loser. You won't hear those words and put them in a scrapbook for Baca. You keep the word of God as your scrapbook forever. And it says, instead, you will thrill on God's word and you'll chew on every scripture day and night. And look what it says here. I love this. Get this now. This is what the Holy Spirit told me. You're a tree replanted in Eden. I will bring you back to the place before sin came in. I will bring you back to the place before the abuse happened. Replanted, you are a tree. I'm not going to cause you to grow in the ground where I found you. I'm not going to cause you to grow in Baca. I'm going to replant you because what happened in Baca is buried and that tree no longer exists. That ground is not the ground I chose for you. The ground that I chose for you is the ground where the blood of Christ fell and caused that ground to be fertile for me to transplant you to the place before the curse, before the place, before the sin and the anger and the hurt. I will transplant you to a place before any of the things happen to you for evil and for wrong. I am able to transplant you and take all the memories and leave it in that dead ground and transplant you into what my heart says about you. You'll be a tree replanted in the place of innocence and blessing, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf and always in blossom. Look at this now. You're not at all like the wicked. Come on, take that to heart. Look what God is saying. You're not at all like the wicked. You're not wicked. You're not in the same place they are. You're not the, I don't consider you wicked. I consider you my child. You're not like the wicked who are mere wind-blown dust without defense in court, unfit for company, for innocent people. You're innocent. God charts the road you take. God 
charts the road you take. If you meditate on this, this is what you'll live, this is what you'll think, this is what you speak, this is what you'll expect. But if you take a hold of this, this is what you'll speak, this is what you'll live, and this is what you'll expect. Amen? Day and night. Day and night. The valley is hot. That's why it speaks of pools. Listen now. Let me tell you something. The heat of the valley confuses and disorientates your mind to where you start calling good evil and evil good. It's in this valley of Baca the heat of the enemy, the heat of the memories, the heat of what you've been going through is, heat, is beating down on your mind so much that you start calling evil good. For example, sex is dirty. Sex is evil. It's evil. And so your husband brings you flowers and your husband treats you good and your husband tries to do everything he can to try to, 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 to have some intimate time with you. But you've been so hurt by all the memories. Sex is evil when God called it good. That person's evil when God calls him good. And we start getting, all oh, because of the heat of Baca, we start calling evil good and good evil. Because of all the lies and all the pressure and all the hurts, the hurts are speaking, not the word. Because I'm meditating on the word. I've given you all things to enjoy. Oh, no, but that's evil. That's evil. I, I, I can't. I can't. And the, listen. You say, I, I can't enjoy myself with my husband. I can't enjoy myself with my wife. Just want it to be over with quickly. I, I cannot enjoy. Listen, God wants to heal you from that. He gave that as one of the most precious gifts to a married couple. But if you're holding on to Baca, to the trash, everything's going to be trashy. Everything's going to have a stench. Everything's going to have death. And nothing's going to be of enjoyment. And God wants to deliver you of that today. Amen, church. But who can help me? So I was meditating on this. The Holy Spirit reminded me. Watch now. Listen. The man at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years. He's laying there. What's he saying? Nobody help me. Nobody's going to pick me up. Nobody's going to carry me. Nobody's going to put me in. And he's laying there 38 years just holding on till you see nobody's ever going to be there for me. And Jesus comes and what does Jesus say? I'm not going to pick you up either. You're going to pick your own bed up. You're going to pick up your own scrapbook. You're going to pick up all your past. You're going to pick up all your memories. And those things happen, but I'm, re I'm transplanting you. All the evil and the wrong. You're going to have to pick up your bed. And you're going to have to take it. And you're going to have to bury it. You're going to have to burn it. Take up your bed and walk. 
I want to tell you something, men. Some of y'all's big armchairs are nothing but coffins. You go home and you lay in that chair. You have no life, no personality. You're mad at the world. And you're a living dead man in that chair. And that's your escape. Some of you ladies, you get into these books and you get into these soap operas. You get into these things to try to escape to live into some fantasy world. But the truth of the matter is all you're doing is feeding what's already in that bag. That scrapbook is full of everything that you just keep feeding. And you're a living dead person. You're a living dead person. Take up your bed and walk. In other words, shut up. Stop blaming the people who passed you by and got in before you. Stop being angry because there's nobody, there's nobody here to push me in. Oh, I am here and I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And you'll go, yeah, I need somebody in the flesh. Oh no, come to know me in the spirit and in the truth. And I'll cause you to walk into a new arena you've never gotten to know before. Stop being doubting Thomas. I want to feel the hose. I want to touch the hose. I want to feel that I believe. Blessed are those who believe who do not see. Woo! I have no one to make me feel important. I have no one to encourage me. Oh, yeah, you do. Your shame and your guilt makes you isolate yourself and you stay away from people who need you and who you need because you don't want nobody to know what's really bugging you inside and it's eating you alive it's destroying your marriage you create a scrapbook of lifetime of memories Paul said in Philippians 4 8 summing all things up friends I say you I'd say you do best by feeling your minds and meditating on things that are true noble Reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. I keep going to this, I'll keep cursing, I'll keep blaming. But if I go to God, my Father, my true Father, and I go to His Word, I'll stop living in Baca and I'll start living in beautiful, where He makes all things beautiful. But the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Next thing we have to do is choose to forget. I told you a few weeks ago, delete it. Just get rid of it. Forget and forgive. Next thing we have to do is just get rid of all the self-defeating thoughts that just make the situation worse. Uh, This person said, regret is an appalling waste of energy. You can't build on it. It's only good for wallowing in. The pig returns to his mug or the dog returns to his vomit. Baca. Resist the temptation to believe you're being punished. People experience rejection, failure, illnesses, injury, grief. They come to the conclusion that all these things is because they're bad and they're being punished. But yet you're just a tree replanted into a place before the curse happened. Focus on the future. Wise people know how to learn from the past without dwelling on it. Learn from it. But don't dwell. Well, I'll let you know on such and such a day this happened when I was on my birthday. This Stop dwelling on Baca. Philippians 3, 13. 
through 16. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on the journey, the journey, the journey, the journey. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you do disagree at some point, I believe God. I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Proceed, proceed, proceed. Go on, progress. God says he's going to make a new beginning in Ezekiel 36, 26. I will sprinkle you from all your impurities, the shame and the guilt, and I will make a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Psalms 40, verse 2, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud, out of Baca and the mire, and he set our feet on the solid rock instead of me as I walked along. Stop focusing on the mud and the garbage of Baca. You have to stop. You're not that person anymore. Don't allow that person to torment you anymore. In Jesus' name. You have to be patient. You have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to speak out wisely. What I love, appreciate so much about the Enough group, it's a small group, sometimes four, sometimes seven. They meet on Thursday nights, and they get together, and they have a board, and they start going one by one. And at first, not everybody wants to share. But then somebody will share and it'll trigger something and then they'll share and they start writing and start working and they start getting to the root. Our sister Nicole, her prince rescued her from horrible abusive past. And she is still being healed. She still has things that trigger her all the time. They tell me about it. But she's not giving up on going forward and over and being the wife and the mother that she's called to be. They're teaching a class. She's still battling it. Give, yes, give them a hand. She's still battling it. But she's not laying in it. She's crying the whole way up the mountain. But she's climbing the mountain. Now, if you stand, I want to pray over you. The Lord put me here as a pastor. I have spiritual authority to pray, to intercede, to bind, and to loose. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I just ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. Just don't, please don't look around. Because I'm going to pray some things. And you may not agree with that I should say some of these words in church. But, but they're words that have been spoken over you as curses. And I've got to break them and speak words of life. Every head bowed and every eyes closed. Father, in the authority of your name, Jesus Christ, I come before you on behalf of these precious children that you have rescued out of darkness and Baca and translate into the kingdom of your dear son. And right now, in the authority of the name of Jesus, you in the word, Father, you said that I will change your name from Sorrow and death, I will change it into Beulah, which means precious and glorious. In the name of Jesus, I come against the word whore that was spoken over any lady or any girl in this place right now. I come against that word and I break it off of your life. I command it to come out of your soul. 
And I pray that the memory of that word, whether it was by loved ones or parents or ex-husband or, or, or whether it was my kids at school, whatever the case may be, I come against that word whore right now and I say your name is not whore. You are not a whore. You are a princess before God. You are a pleasant, innocent lady and young lady. I break that word and I break that title off of you. Your title is not whore anymore. I break the word of being called female dog. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against that B word. I come against that word that means female dog right now. You are not a female dog. And boys, you are not the son of a female dog in the name of Jesus. In the authority of the name of Jesus, I break the title and I break the power of those words in Jesus' name. You will not be bound by the times you were called a female dog. You are an innocent, pure, precious daughter loved by and accepted by God. I break those words off of you in Jesus' name. I break the word cheap and slut off of every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I come against the belief that you are a slut and you are cheap and you, you are nothing. I come against your belief system and I come against the words that have warped your mind. You're not a slut. You're not cheap. You are precious. You're holy and you're made whole through Jesus' blood and name and spirit. Even in fun at school, I break that word slut off of you right now in Jesus' name. I break the word every time any young man here was called gay or sissy. I break that word. I break that power of death. I break that curse. I break that belittlement. I break that intimidation, that bullying of using that word against you. Causing you to doubt your manhood. I come against that word now in Jesus' name. I break the stronghold of the word gay and sissy right now over you in Jesus' name. I come against the title of loser. Good for nothing. Don't even know why you're playing this sport. You're not even any good at it. You're good for nothing. A wife to her husband. Let me do that. You're good for nothing. You don't know what you're doing. The belittlements, the intimidation of that bullying spirit that causes the victim spirit to arise. I break its hold in Jesus' name. I break any, over anybody who is told there's nobody who's going to love you. Not after all you've done. Nobody's going to love you. You're all used up. You're all messed up. Nobody's going to love you. I break those words in Jesus' name. By the authority of the Father who is pure and perfect, I break those words off of you. You are not used up. You are not worth nothing. You are worthy of the greatest life. You are precious. You are holy. You are whole. You are not, I break the word, weak and unwanted over you. The word weak, you're weak. You're just weak. I'll break that word weak over you. Unwanted. Foolish. I'll break those words off of you in Jesus' name. And the center core of your belief, and, and, and that's who you are. Your identification is not in Baca. Your identification is on Calvary. Your 
identification is on Mount Calvary. Not the valley of Baca. You're going through there. I break it off of you. And I speak by faith over you. No matter what has been said before, you do have a wonderful personality. You have a personality. No matter what has anyone has ever told you, you have a wonderful personality. I, I say you are a fun person. You are a fun person to be around. So many people say, nobody who wants to be around me. I'm just an old this and all that. No, you are a fun person. You are, you are who you are. And you are loved and accepted as who you are. Stop saying, who wants to be friends with me? Who would be friends with me anyway? You're a fun, beautiful, wonderful personality. You're an intelligent, wise person. You may be in a valley, but you're building a pool to refresh, to go forward. But you're going forward. You're not staying in the stench and the garbage of Baca. In this month of recognizing victimization, Father, Jesus became the victim so that we could be free. He died and was punished in our place. And I pray for the freedom that is in Christ Jesus to rule and reign over every mind and over body, every body, over every soul and every spirit through Christ Jesus. And I pray freedom that the scrapbook of the old life be buried and the scrapbook of the new, oh, be brought forth in Jesus' name. We, the body of Christ, do not care what you've done in the past. We don't ever have to know or hear of your mistakes and failures and sins. You're saved and that makes you our brother and our sister. And we love you and we accept you as who you are in Christ. Now you must accept yourself. Now, in, no one look around say this with me. In Jesus' name, I renounce all shame and all guilt over my past, all the filth, all the garbage, and all the death. I renounce it. It was buried when the old man was buried. But the new man was raised up in the likeness of Christ. I am a new person. I am clean. I am beautiful. I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. And I am whole. In Jesus' name. Will you be made whole? Shout amen. Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? Now, I know I've gone over time, but it doesn't matter, does it? The doors are locked. When I was 14, God called me to a precious ministry. He called me to be a missionary. And I was reading a book called Through the Gates of Splendor. You might have seen the movie, The Edge of, End of the Spear, about those five martyrs in Ecuador to the Uka Indians. When I was reading Through the Gates of Splendor and God started calling me to be a missionary, I read that they had sung a hymn before they took off and it was the last time they were with their family. All they had was one chorus 
And that wasn't enough. So I looked up this hymn which was written in 1895. And I'm not going to sing it to you. I sung it for our, when we graduated from mission school. But this is the song. We rest on thee, our shield and defender. We go not forth alone against the foe. Strong in thy strength, safe in thy keeping. We rest on thee, and in thy name we go. We go in faith, our own weakness filling. And needing more each day, thy grace to know. Yet from our hearts, a song of triumph, we rest on thee, and in thy name we go. We rest on thee, our shield and defender. Thine is the battle, and thine shall be the praise. When passing through the gates of pearly splendor, victors we shall rest with thee through endless days. And when we would go through things, I'd grab the guitar and start singing that hymn. And that hymn was my pool to get through Baca. You find your song. It's not going to be Freddie Fender. You find your song. Don't find the music that keeps you staring at your ex who lives in Texas. Don't find your song. About who took your dog and your gun. Don't stay in Baca. But let the meditation of my heart. And the words of my mouth. Be full of praises unto the God most high. You do this. You'll go over. And you won't stay in Baca. You do not deserve. Anything wrong. Anything bad. Anything evil. Anything belittling. He's giving you his best. And that's what you deserve. Don't let the heat of Baca tell you, go ahead and marry him. You won't find any better. No, you wait till God gives you the best. And you won't keep on going around in circle in Baca. You'll go out and you'll get what you believe God for. Did you get something out of this today? Did you get something out of this today? Now, I didn't talk to Brother Mason or Nicole, but listen, you saw him stand up. If you're here today, if you're a lady, you're a man, we have men already confessed. They get hit and beat and put down by their wives, and it's just as hard as a woman going through it. And it, some people may want to joke about it. It's a living nightmare. I know I've lived it. And uh, I look, huh? I will tonight. Yes, I will, sis. I will tonight. We, you got a couch? <laughs> Anyway, Brother Mason, Sister Nicole, I know that they will be available to, take you, to be, meet with you in the prayer room. And I know we have others here that would be willing to meet with you and pray with you. You don't have to go through this alone. We have the class on Thursday, but you don't have to wait till Thursday to say, listen, I, I went through it last night. I, I don't even know where I want to live. Can I tell you something about these two? And I believe it's something new. We have a vision for an orphanage. We have a vision to have housing for the elderly. But these two have opened up their homes to any lady who is running for her life. They will take her, they will hide her, and they will protect her. They've opened up their own house for ladies like that. Yeah. And he's always loaded for bear. And he won't put up with nothing. I believe there's ministries because the animal shelters are around, but how about for 
battered women. So we want to be a church for all people, amen? And so y'all can meet with him, and there's others. Just bow your head one more time. Let me ask you this question. Is there anybody here at all that you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you know you've got to get your life right with him right now? Would you raise your hand? Anyone at all, would you raise your hand? Anyone at all right now, I've got to get my life right with Christ. I need rescuing. I need to know that my sins are forgiven. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Well, if you know that you're saved and you know you're going to heaven, will you shout amen? Amen. 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 Listen, I love you. I thank God for you. And you're precious and you're wonderful. We're going to be here Tuesday night for intercession, Wednesday night for Bible study. Don't forget, we have two services on Sunday. Uh, We have a lot of people out there. I know they're fasting, interceding in the woods right now. But uh, we will will be here first service, 9 o'clock Sunday, and then 10.30 Sunday morning. Brother Mason? Yes, in the bulletin is enough. Uh, and uh, they have a video on the website and information to get in touch with them. Yeah, if you're not comfortable with meeting with them after the service, you can call and talk to them. They are so available, and they're here every Thursday faithfully. They even eat together, and it's awesome. So listen, you, you can talk to them. Amen. We love you. We bless you. Brother Jake, if you dismiss us, God bless you, church. Love you guys. Let's pray. Thank, thank you, Father God, for... What took place today in this place for you coming in, Lord, and starting the healing process. And some have already felt, Lord, an overwhelming uh, love from you today and your presence around them. So, God, I just pray that you would strengthen them and encourage them, Father, to seek the help that they need, God. That they would not remain, Lord, in this, in, in Baca, in this valley, but God, they would look for the help that they need to get out and to, be, to walk in freedom once again. God, I just thank you for restoring people's lives, restoring the innocence, restoring us back to our innocence, back to our original design, the way you created us to be. Lord, we ask you to just be with everyone today. Lord, let your love surround everyone. Be with family and friends today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen.